RC Plane Lab, a podcast for anyone interested in RC airplanes. We'll share tips and tricks on how to build models and talk about successful flights, epic crashes, and everything in between. Visit us at rcplanelab.com to sign up for our email list and to ask us questions. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for spending time with us today. Now here are your hosts, Ron and Tom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RC Plane Lab podcast. This is Ron. And I'm Tom. Hey, guys, so first things first, we now have RC Plane Lab merchandise. Shirts, pillows, coffee mugs, travel mugs, stickers. There's a whole lot of stuff. Head on over to our website, rcplanelab.com, and click on the shop link on the top of the page and then look around to see what you like. It's a great way to be the envy of all your friends when you show up at the flying field in an RC Plane Lab t-shirt. It's also a great way to support what we do here. Uh, Our friends that signed up for our mailing list were the first ones to know about it. They received a 30% discount off all their orders. If you want to be the first to know about what we're doing behind the scenes and get future discounts in the process, sign up for our mailing list over at rcplanelab.com. Well said, Tom. So everybody head over, see what we have, and uh, and see what you like. I know the shirts that we got really uh, really turned out good, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, we have a, we have our own swag, and and the their shirts are very comfortable. I love them, and, and the the stickers and stuff turned out pretty good too. So, yeah, I'm excited about that, and uh, yeah. I know I will be wearing mine a lot as I fly this summer. <laughs> I know I will be too. <laughs> may some stickers may even find their way onto my flight box. I'm just saying. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I never thought of that. So, yeah, awesome. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, in uh, in this episode. We're going to be covering intermediate RC airplanes, kind of like a, a second plane. Uh, you know, what what makes a good second airplane? What do you want to look for? What do you want to stay away from? Um, so once you've mastered your trainer and you're fully you're fully comfortable with all aspects of flying it, that's everything. You know, you're you're yeah. not worried at all about yeah. flying. Take off, ready. landing, the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, and you're you're ready for something a little bit more challenging. Um, it's, it's time to move on to something that's a little bit more uh, rewarding, I guess. And depending on your skill and confidence level, something that's a little bit more expensive. Yes. So, okay. Speaking of expensive, I have something I want to say, and I don't know how really to say this without sounding like I'm putting the hobby down a little bit, because that's absolutely not my intention. But, so this hobby is unique because each and every time we fly our airplanes... In the back of our minds, we know that it may be the last time that airplane flies. I mean, things unfortunately happen. Most of the time, the things that happen are preventable. But there are times when something can go wrong when you have done everything right. Yep. You know, really, it it doesn't happen often. um, But that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you're flying a model that you've put, you know, a lot of hours in a building or spent so much money on an airplane that you fell in love with. Yes. Um. So if you're just, you know, you're just starting out in the hobby and looking to get your second airplane, this is something you may not know yet. You might not have have learned this yet. Um, you have to make peace with the fact that you may crash, and that crash could possibly cost you a lot of money or time. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest reason I don't fly my big yak often uh, is because I'm not ready to lose it. Yeah, well, that and it's not quite in <laughs> flying condition now. Um, oh, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah, but I'm I'm not okay with it crashing. Right. Um, you know, that that plane still scares me. There's there's just something about it that I, I, I'm not ready to lose it. Um and it's not because it's difficult to fly, but just because I know what's in it. Um mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it's an airplane that I want to have around for a long time. Um, it's an unfortunate truth that we have to be okay with crashing what we're flying. Um, yes. Now, I'm not saying that to be negative, but I found out early on that it's okay for me to crash an airplane. And I will yeah. only fly an airplane that I'm okay with crashing. Now, having said that, I try to be a cautious pilot. If the conditions aren't right, I don't fly. If there's anything questionable, I don't fly. Um, that has saved me a lot of headache and a lot of money in the long run. Um, that, that's also why I don't fly other people's airplanes, and I make a habit not to. Um, I actually don't think I've ever flown one of your airplanes, but you have flown most of mine. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. Actually, if I if I did fly something yours, it was something small, but I I couldn't couldn't really tell you what it was. It would have been something small and electric, yeah, because you are a very cautious pilot. I would I would have to say that you're probably one of the most cautious that I know, honestly. Um, yeah, you did. You definitely are not one to to take risks. And you know, I think most most folks out there are going to understand, you know, what you're trying to say. Um, it's not that it's not that we're ever really okay with crashing our airplanes, but you have to be okay with the notion that it can happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want it to happen. Right. But absolutely. I'm, I've, I've made peace with it that, you know, <laughs> it, it could happen. And that's, yes. that's unfortunate. That's just a reality of what we, or of what we do. You know, like when I used to do the RC cars so much, you crash those all the time and it was a, a $3 part that, you know, you might break an A-arm or break some sort of linkage or something on it. No big mm -hmm. deal. But with these, you know, when you crash them, it could be a, a very cheap part. But most of the time, it's an expensive part or the entire airplane is lost. So right. it, it kind of takes the hobby to another level of, you know, what you're flying could very well be the last. And I... I <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around that yeah. if you haven't experienced it. I agree with with what with what you're saying. I mean, um, it is an unfortunate reality uh, that it that it does happen for many many different reasons. Um, yeah, can't you know? And there's no way usually uh, to know it's going to happen because if you knew it was going to happen, you would do something to prevent it, right? Which is why we all right. do pre flights. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, here's here's Tom's take on it. Right. So I have so many airplanes. <laughs> not and I'm not <laughs> I'm not bragging at all. Okay. Yeah, really. I've been in it. I've been in it for <laughs> a long like time, it. and I tend yeah. to hang on to my airplanes for you know lengthy periods. So a lot of the airplanes I still have um, are old. Right. But next to selling airplanes to club members or swap meets or eBay or whatever your your selling platform of choice how how else do you make room in the hangar for new airplanes if you don't crash them <laughs> <laughs> not that i'm suggesting that i crash airplanes on purpose because that absolutely is there's nothing farther from the truth however um in my mind uh if i should happen to crash one i i can sort of i don't want to say justify it but i can i can sort of see the silver lining as in oh well, now I've got room in the hangar for another one. Maybe I've had my eye on this, you know, on this, I don't know, Cavalier, let's say, that I wanted to add to my, <laughs> add to my hangar, but just don't have the room. But, you know, like I said, not, not that I'm justifying crashing airplanes, but I can sort of temper that, that sadness of over a crash by, you know, realizing that now I have room for another project. 
Well, and it's all about your perspective, obviously. Yeah, you've been right. doing this a lot longer than than me or, you know, some of our listeners, I guess, that would be listening to this to kind of find out what a good intermediate plane would be. And it's funny because I remember my first airplane. Mm-hmm. I remember my second airplane. But after that, I could not tell you any order whatsoever. And I think for yeah. me, um, I think I probably remember it because they were such a different animal. You mm-hmm. know, the, the first one was a trainer. It was electric, and then my second one was a nitro. So mm-hmm. you came in a little bit different, starting with nitro, mm-hmm. and then I mean, electric wasn't a big deal back then. You know, it wasn't no. really available until many years after you got into it. So right, it wasn't practical. Right, and it, I think that's probably why it sticks out with me because I guess I it's really not my second airplane I'm remembering as much as it's my first nitro airplane. So right. well, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so and that that's probably why it sticks out so much. But I do, you know, I I do have a soft spot in my heart for that airplane. So mm-hmm. that is is kind of like you don't want to crash it. You know, there are certain airplanes you have that you would be more upset about if you lost than other ones. Yes, because I have several. You know, that it, it would kind of be in the same aspect or the the same realm of what you're talking about. Yeah, if it's gone, pull the electronics out, put it in something new. No big deal. But there are a few that, like I said, I'm I'm fond of that I don't want to lose. So that's something that I think when you're going to look at your second airplane, you kind of need to uh, need to realize that some of these airplanes are going to mean more to you than others, right. but you have to be okay with losing them all if you're going to fly. <laughs> that's all yes. I'm saying. Yeah. So no, I get it. Yeah. Yep. So no, I agree. What was your What was your second airplane? Uh, Do you remember my, it? Oh yeah. Yeah. My uh, my second airplane was a Craft Air Cowboy. Uh, it was a little shoulder wing, uh, four channel. Uh, had uh, had uh, had some dihedral. Had a flat bottom airfoil, but uh, what it could do that my Train Air Twenty couldn't do was uh, it would it would roll really well. Uh, it did really nice tight loops, um, and it didn't have a lot of that self writing characteristics of a of an airplane that had you know like a trainer with a lot of dihedral in the wing uh, that was my yeah. second uh, airplane so it was great because um, the uh, first airplane uh, was a had an HB 25 uh, 0.25 I should say I guess um, engine on it that I actually used for my second airplane see I don't know how you remember all that stuff and I still have that engine. <laughs> That 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 amazes me because I couldn't tell you what engine is on pre- well, yeah, I really couldn't tell you with the exception of the Yak, just because that's you know I I remember that one. I couldn't tell you what is on any of the other airplanes I have. I couldn't tell you if it's OS or if it's a you know I could yeah. tell you two stroke or four stroke, but I couldn't right. tell you you know if it's a seventy two or an eighty two or a twenty five or anything yeah. that you're talking about. It well, just, that that goes back that to my mind a lot fondness of engines, right? I, I couldn't tell you like what receiver or servos or anything are in those airplanes, but the <laughs> engines I could tell you, I could tell you a lot about them, <laughs> just because that's you know my thing. Yeah. Well, my second airplane was a Sig Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if I said this before, but my second airplane was actually the first airplane that I tried to buy. Um, when I went into the hobby shop for the the first time uh, with my kid. I saw it hanging up there, and I tried to buy it. But uh, the guy that owned it, you know, he he actually spent the time. He talked to me and and asked if I'd flown before, and asked, but you know, 
how uh, how familiar I was with the airplanes and stuff, and I told him mm-hmm. not at all, you know. Right. Um, so he honest. was the one. I, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, don't try to uh, to inflate your ego. I guess if you don't know something, it's so much easier to say I don't know and then learn it. You um, learn much faster that way. <laughs> Usually, yeah, much and you cheaper don't, too. Yeah, you don't learn the hard way exactly. So, but you know, by doing that. You know, he he led me to the the Hobby Zone Super Cub, and yep. that was a good plane. I did get used to that one. It was probably two weeks or so um, from the time that I bought it to the time that I would call myself proficient, mm-hmm. um, and and well, not you flew worried a lot about in those two weeks too. Oh, daily. I mean, yeah. multiple batteries a day. Because right. after I got that plane, you know, then I went and I think I bought four batteries for it, so I had five mm-hmm. altogether, and yep. would charge all those, and then you know every day be going through them all yep. um so yeah i mean you you back at that time i just couldn't get enough of it so then i went back in there <laughs> right. and that plane was still hanging and so i bought that one i think it was one that a, a club member had had or something he was getting rid of but whatever it was i i, I bought it i think i paid like 80 bucks for it for it, it had everything except a receiver Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought a receiver and stuff and, and <laughs> got it home and put fuel in it the first time, got ready to fly it and the fuel leaked out everywhere. Oh no. So yeah, apparently it had been sitting in this guy's basement for a long time. The fuel tank was all messed up. And so, um, instead of flying it, I think in the next two weeks I ended up taking the, the whole plane apart because it, you know, with, with those tanks they are, they're built in, you know, it's, it's built right. around it. So you can't just, you know, pop a hatch off and, and, and fix the tank. So I had to cut all the covering off and, and did all that. And then, uh, it didn't, whoever built it didn't put a canopy on it and it looked really weird without the canopy and the coloring that was on it was kind of odd too. Um, so I ended up ordering a canopy from SIG and mm-hmm. did it the way I wanted it. You know, right. I, I did the red and black color scheme because I love mm-hmm. red and black together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, put it back together, and that was my second airplane. Went out and flew that and had many, many good flights on that one. It was a nitro, but mm-hmm. I don't know what engine was on it. I'm not the, <laughs> you know, I'm not Tom, so I can't tell you that. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good flying airplane. I, I, I loved it. It had a little bit of dihedral in it, so it did have the, the self-riding characteristics of it. Um, but for me, you know, that was graduating to ailerons. So the first airplane right. I had didn't have ailerons and this one did. So there was so much more control, so much more you could do with it. And, yeah, you know, sure. it, it felt like I was actually flying the airplane as opposed to just kind of, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say having the airplane doing the hard work, but it was a, there was a lot more to it than just flying mm-hmm. a, a, flying a three channel. So, right. And that, that's yep. what you need for a second airplane, you know. You, you want something that's going to be a little bit more difficult to control because you're working harder, you're learning. You want a little bit more to do. Right. And and we're, like, I want to, I just want to make a note. So you really need to be off of the safety devices or the crutches before you buy into your second airplane or at least be comfortable flying the current airplane that you have, if it has those technologies with them turned off, right? I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, some of these airplanes, like for instance, that I believe it was a Hangar Nine P fifty one with the with the safe technology, that could really honestly be like your first, second, and third airplane if you if you want to look at it that <laughs> way, depending on how you set up the the safe technology and and how you graduate yourself off of it. So when yeah. when we're talking about your next 
like your intermediate airplane where we're kind of we're kind of assuming that you're off of the crutches and you're off of the of the safety devices and flying you know the airplane with no assistance from technology yeah i'm 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 the same way you are i i don't have any planes uh that have that on it right. um actually i don't know if you have any of those or not but i i don't fly with that um, see, I, I think you and I kind of both learned to fly before that was really available. Yes. Um, and I, I think, you know, it has its, its pros and cons because it's, yeah. it's good because it gets more people into the hobby. Um, yes. but the cons are, I think people think they can fly more than they actually can. Um, right. and so then when they do move up to their next plane, it's more difficult to fly. It doesn't have some of the the helpers on it, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, their first one did, and then right. they crash, and then you wonder why, you know, I, well, what <laughs> happened? Well, yeah. you know, you were not doing as much with that first plane as you thought you were. Right. It was the computer taking care of it. So, yeah. I I like to stay away from that stuff just because um, I like to fly my planes. I don't like the computer to fly my planes. Well, right. I mean that that's, I mean. For me, that that's what I get out of the hobby. You know, it's me in control of this thing that I built with no assistance from from anything or anybody, right? Um, yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting down the technology. I think the technology is amazing. I mean, it, it like you said, it's it's introduced so many people to the hobby. Um, yeah. But if we're not careful and we if we don't understand what the purpose of that technology is. Um, then yeah, I think I think we can perhaps you know somebody who's learning with safe technology uh, may may at some point think that they're you know more skilled than maybe they actually are, and their next airplane could be a disappointment because you know they don't have that technology to to back them up. So I'm making the assumption that uh, we've you know your next airplane you've you've graduated from AS3X or SAFE or whatever the technology is you're using that you're flying the airplane with none of those with none of those uh or none of that assistance from from technology um, yeah so. and it's it's so weird anymore though because it it used to be um you know like a few years ago it was so easy to say you know for a second airplane or something stay away from like the EDF jets for instance you know, yeah. they're those are more advanced. You know, they fly fast. They're very twitchy because you know any little controller input really makes them move a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of them today have that technology built in. Yeah, and and they fly great. It, yeah, they <laughs> fly great with them. And not only that, but you know that then does make it a pretty decent second plane mm-hmm. because kind of like what you said before. You get the performance of the jet that a lot of people like. You know, I mean, really, that's when you pick your second plane, you're kind of going down the path that you want to go down. You know, you're kind of going to go with if it's warbirds or 3D planes or or whatever it is that kind of draws you into it. That's when you start picking the planes you like, not just buying it because it's an easy plane to fly you got to learn on. Right. Um, you know, but nowadays with the with the technologies and stuff, if you decide you want to use them, a plane like that could be your second plane, and then, like you said, kind of work into being uh, like a mock third plane, to where yeah. it will fulfill the role of both second and third plane because you can fly it with the safe technology or, or the the helpers, and then you can turn them off and actually fly it yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 kind of hard to say what a really 
like good second plane would be because everybody has such different ideas of what they want for an airplane. Yes. Um, I'm sure, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you would probably say like a stick would be a good second airplane. Oh, I, you know, I would, I would say that. Right. Absolutely. Um, but to me, I think a stick is kind of ugly and I, I it's not, <laughs> I'm, I you know, don't I said disagree. It before. I'm it's sorry. Not a, it's not a beautiful airplane. I, I will admit, but boy, do they fly good. Wow. <laughs> right. And, and so that's, that's kind of the point, you know. They fly really well. They they don't really have any bad tendencies, but they don't look the best. Now, I'm not right. saying that they couldn't be made to look a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could dress them up a little bit, you know, put a canopy, maybe maybe stick a pilot on there like a kind of a Red Baron kind of a thing. I mean, yeah, you could, you could, but it's, it's still, it's still a basic box fuselage with the, yeah, yeah, with the high wing and the, yeah, and the iron crosses. And I don't know. You're right. It's not a beautiful airplane. But if you put, uh, you know, like a, a, a pilot on there or, or something to kind of liven it up. I mean, to me, that's the, you can't have an airplane without a pilot or without some sort of canopy. Even if it's a blacked out canopy, you can't have an airplane without a canopy. That just, that adds to the look and just kind of makes it look complete. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I think you're right. If, if you made those modifications on, on some of these planes, um, some of these sticks, they would be a lot better looking. Yeah. Because uh, I, I do like the one that you have that's still, for the last two months or whatever, <laughs> has been sitting over here. I'm in looking your at basement? it right now. Yeah, In sorry. my basement. I'm, I'm, no, that's not your fault. Because um, I know you'd prefer to have that finished and be flying it now. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I understand why you like those planes because they fly so well. So that, mm-hmm. you know, would be a good second plane for that. And then they don't, well, I shouldn't say they. That one doesn't have any of the the uh, you know safe or AS3X or anything built into it, so you're actually right. flying it. Yep. Um, I still would say go with a second plane that you fly yourself. I mean, that would be my my thought in it. I don't yeah, disagree. if you if you ask me on using that stuff at all, first plane is fine. Use it to learn, then get away from it. But that's yeah. that's like I said, just me. Some people would like to fly with that forever, so. Do whatever you want, obviously. Um, yeah. Whatever makes you happy, because that's that's the good thing about this hobby is there's so many ways to get into it and so many ways to have fun with it. That oh, yeah. uh, you know, what you like, I might not like, and vice versa, and that's fine because we're both happy doing what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we can we can sit here and and talk till we're blue in the face about why we like a particular airplane or a particular aspect of the hobby, but I mean, it's it's our hobby. It's my hobby. It's your yep. hobby. It make it make it what you want. You know. I mean, we're yeah. just we're just a couple of guys talking about what we like and recommendations we would make. I mean, that's really really all it boils down to. <laughs> and hopefully, you can learn a little bit from our ex- experience. Yeah. So we did kind of get off topic, and I, I apologize. We we've kind of talked about intermediate airplanes, but instead of picking an actual airplane. What would mm-hmm. you look for just in general? Like if you were going oh, to, yeah. to tell somebody to get a second airplane, like high wing, low wing, mid wing, yeah. you know, what's the pros, what's the cons, wing shape, sure. dihedral, you know, just kind of talk mm-hmm. me through some of that kind of stuff and, and what you what you would say to them. Yeah, so there's a there's a couple things that I look for. Um, I look for, for, you know, as a second airplane, I would look for an airplane that maybe has a, uh, a semi-symmetrical airfoil shape. Uh, so many of the trainers out there, most of them have a what we call a flat bottom, so that 
if you took one of the ring, uh, excuse me, wing ribs and looked at it from <laughs> the side, um, it would have a flat bottom, you know, like the name implies. You set it on a table and it sits there flat with no gaps and it doesn't rock back and forth or anything like that. Uh, semi-symmetrical airfoil has a has a more rounded profile on that lower lower surface so that the top and the bottom shape are very similar. Um, semi-symmetrical, almost the same. Um, and what that does for you, it allows the airplane to do more um, aerobatically, if that's a word. Um so so that'll roll a little bit better, you know, they'll they'll turn a little bit better and what they won't do um that a that a flat bottom or a trainer type airplane will do is they won't kind of correct themselves. Like a lot of the trainers today with all the dihedral and and the flat bottom airfoil, you get it in a turn and you let go of the sticks aerodynamically, they're so stable that it it tends to want to right itself, so it returns to straight and level. Um you know, an intermediate airplane with a semi-symmetrical airfoil won't do that. You know, you turn it, you, know, you roll it into a turn, and you neutral, you know, put the stick back to neutral, it tends to stay in that attitude. So you're in more, you have to be more in control, and, and that, that's what develops your skills as a pilot. And so does it stay at that attitude because of the, the shape of the wing or the lack of dihedral? Um, and also, what difference does it make whether or not it's a, a high wing, low wing, or mid wing? Just in this example, you know, where you're talking about banking, does okay. that make any difference with with uh, the wing? So, so most of that, believe it or not, has has not a lot to do with the the position of the wing on the airframe on the fuselage, so much as how much dihedral it has and the shape of the airfoil. So. Um, you know, let's let's take a stick for example. Um, the sticks that I that I like so much are, are what I would call a shoulder wing or maybe even a high wing. If you you know if you if you can imagine, it's just the wing sitting on top of the box, right? It's done. It doesn't have a built up portion to raise the wing. Um, mm-hmm. But if you build those with the wing flat and a, a symmetrical airfoil, they're actually quite aerobatic. I mean, they're not they're not going to be an extra or an edge or a yak or something like that, but they're actually, you know, they roll very very good. They they will snap roll if you if you have the CG just right. Um but it, you know, that would be considered a high or shoulder wing. Conversely, um I can think of uh, you know, Sig 4 Star 40 or 4 Star series. Um uh, Goldberg used to make an airplane called the um the, the Tiger, Sky Tiger, they made them in 40 and 60 sizes. And these were low-wing airplanes, but they, they flew almost identical to, to a stick, you know, uh, that had a flat, you know, a wing with no dihedral. So the position of the wing on the fuselage, I mean, it, it does make a small difference, but the biggest difference and the, and the biggest contributing factor to that stability that we're talking about is the dihedral and the shape of the airfoil. Which is why, on an intermediate airplane, you want to maybe get something with a little bit less dihedral than a than a trainer, and a and an airfoil that's a little bit more symmetrical, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I, I follow that. So then, like, when you when you go to a uh, like pass an intermediate airplane, then the the mid wing ones, mm-hmm. those will uh, like be more aerobatic yet, correct? Can or be. yes, can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I always thought that it was kind of like trainers were high wing, and then I kind of thought that the next uh, airplane that you went with would be like a, a different symmetrical mm. or a, a different uh, wing style, low 
wing airplane. And then right. I thought like the, the, the center lines were the more advanced, like the most advanced kind of kind of yeah. airplanes. But I, so, I guess I'm completely wrong. Well, not, it's not that you're wrong. Um, it's just that there's a lot of other factors in play. Like, for instance, I mean, let's compare two airplanes that are very similar in layout, okay? Like, so everybody knows what a Piper Cub is, right? High wing, very stable. Yeah. Um, many, many years, you know, we used them as trainers in the hobby. Um, and let's compare that to, say, a, a Belanca um, Citabria or a Decathlon. Same type of airplane. It's a high wing. You know, you've got your cabin underneath the wing. Uh, mm -hmm. Hershey bar wing, you know, basically a long slender wing, but a decathlon is, is a crazy aerobatic. I mean, you can, you can see these things flying in air shows all across the country. Um, but it's a, it's a similar layout. I mean, it's a high wing, just like a Piper Cub, but you can't see a Piper Cub doing all those things. And it's all in the shape and size and, uh, uh, design of the wing. So, well, I like I said, I didn't I mean, realize that. Yeah. So the position of the wing on the on the fuselage is, I don't want to say it's irrelevant. It does make a difference, but um, the biggest difference is is how the wing itself is designed as far as airfoil shape and and dihedral. Um, generally speaking, more dihedral is going to be more stability, um, but less aerobatic, right? And then vice versa, less dihedral is usually a little bit more aerobatic, but you sacrifice that stability. I mean, without getting into theory and stuff like that, aircraft design is a you know is an exercise in compromise. I mean, you you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then, when like wing stalls and and just stalls in general, okay. that is going to be more uh, based on the type of the wing than not the type of aircraft. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I would. I would generally speaking, I would say yeah, it's all in the design of the wing. So then, like, a flat-bottom plane would stall at a, a lower speed than, like, a symmetrical wing? Potentially, yes. If, if all things were equal, it's the same airplane just with a, with a different uh, rib profile or, you know, profile shape of the airfoil, then, generally speaking, a flat-bottom wing that has a flat-bottomed airfoil with lots of dihedral will probably stall at a lower speed than a similar set up with a symmetrical airfoil. So what else would you look for in a in an intermediate plane? Well, I mean, it, it would depend on, you know, what sort of airplanes I like, right? I mean, um, I like airplanes just in general. So um, for me personally, it's, it's uh, if it looks cool and it has the, the, you know, the performance that I'm, that I'm after, that's, that's what I go for. Um, but uh you know, everybody's different. Uh, a lot of people like scale airplanes, you know, like warbirds and stuff like that. And certainly there are some warbirds out there that are, that would actually make pretty good second airplanes. Um, maybe, maybe not a P-51 Mustang or a Spitfire or something like that. Um, you know, maybe a, a P-47, you know, with a, that's been, you know, what, what I would call a standoff scale with a slightly modified airfoil. Um, actually, Great Plains for a long time made a really nice uh, 40 size P 51, and the airfoil was based off of the, uh, I believe it was the Ultra Sport uh, wing. And that was a great flying airplane. It flew like a sport intermediate airplane and looked like a Warbird. So, I mean, hmm. yeah, there's, there's lots of choices out there, and it really is going to depend on what sort of thing, you know, 
you know, tickles your fancy, so to speak. Uh, but really, <laughs> you want to look for something in your intermediate airplane. Uh, it's all about the wing, and you want something. I would say you would want to try to find something with a semi-symmetrical or maybe even a symmetrical airfoil with some dihedral, but not a lot. And nitro. It's got to be nitro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you push that. No, okay. I, I, I get it. Um, yeah, with with nitro, if, if you did start out with electric and you wanted to go with nitro, there are a few extra tools, obviously, and a few extra things you have to buy. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just be be prepared for that. But yeah. It is a it is a, a whole nother monster, I guess, to get into nitro from electric. So, yeah. uh, and and it's worth taking the step just kind of just so you know the differences, so you can feel the differences. Because they, I mean, they do fly differently. Sure, they do. And you know, a lot of those differences come down to you know to things like wing loading too. Um, you know, we're talking about wings. Wing loading is uh, basically how much how much weight per square inch you're asking that wing to support. So obviously the lighter your model, you know, the the less weight it has to support, so the lighter the wing loading. Um, you know, airplanes like Warbirds generally, you know, if they're scale, generally have pretty high wing loading, so you're asking a lot of that wing, so it has to move through the air a lot faster to support the same amount of weight. So, um, and what that translates into is, you know, high landing speeds, high takeoff speeds, it doesn't really slow down. And when it does, it, it does these nasty things called tip stalls and spins. And if you're lucky, you have altitude to recover. But um, that's something else you want to you wanna sort of look at too when you're looking at your second airplane is try to stay away from something with, with a high uh, amount of wing loading. And those numbers vary from airplane to airplane, but you know, when you're doing your research and you'll, you know, a lot of the manufacturers will, will actually specify in the specifications of what the wing loading is. And, um, I think uh, I'm probably wrong, uh, but I think the general rule of thumb was, uh, anything under, uh, 19 or 18 or 19 ounces per square inches is considered fairly light. Anything over that is, is heavy. And most warbirds I think fall fall into that heavy category. Yeah, so then they're 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 more of a handful to fly then because you have less wing to carry the heavier airplane. So you're going to need more speed behind it to keep it flying. Yep. Exactly right. Yep. That that's kind of that's kind of the the things that I would look for in a second airplane and and what I would what I would, you know, suggest to somebody if they came and asked, "Hey, you know, I've been flying this apprentice for you know a month or two and i'm pretty comfortable with taking off and landing and now i'm i'm looking for my second airplane you know the first question that i'm going to ask is what kind of airplanes do you like you know like what what like really gets you jazzed up about the about the hobby and then you know try to find something that fits in that category yeah that's good advice because what you know what you might find as a great second airplane might not be what i would go to just looks wise yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, a lot of times they're gonna fly, not identical, but fly a lot alike. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just depends on on what gets you going, what you like. Yeah. So, like, like you know, not not everybody likes the same thing, right? That's why Basket Robbins has thirty one flavors. Not not everybody <laughs> likes chocolate. Chocolate's <laughs> the best. <laughs> well, anyway, that's yeah, that's why they have thirty one flavors. Yeah. <laughs> Myself, I, 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 like if I had to make a recommendation, I know you said we weren't going to, but uh, um, if I had to make a recommendation for somebody who just wanted to fly a good flying airplane and maybe maybe even learn some aerobatics, um, 
I, I, of course, I would choose a stick. <laughs> and then beyond beyond your second airplane, then you know, then the floodgates are open. You choose whatever whatever floats your boat. But uh, beginner aerobatics, I think I think it's hard to beat a stick or or a stick or something that's designed like a stick. Yeah, it's it's good to get into something that's a little bit more expensive, you know, for your second airplane mm-hmm. than 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 what you uh, what you started with. Right. Um, I really prefer balsa models. Uh, oh, foamies too. are awesome, but there's just something about the looks of a balsa model, that, and I, I just think the the built up models look a lot better to me. I, no, um, I agree. You know, the foam doesn't quite give you the that look. I mean, I I know they've made a huge leap forward in like what the shapes they can do with foam and all that stuff, but it's still when you get sure. up close to it, a bunch of small balls of foam, um, and that just. I don't know. It loses its realism to me. It loses its its effect when you get up close. Um, and you know what's funny about that is that <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I and I feel the same way. I really do. But having said that, when you when you get one of these things in the air, you know, twenty five, thirty feet or more <laughs> away, all of that that I, I can't to put a word on it, fakeness maybe. All of that just sort of melts away, and it, and then it looks like an airplane. It's but then yeah. I know what you mean. Up close, it then you've got the cheese factor, and yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I I don't know how to describe it, but it just it just doesn't. It's not quite the same thing to me. Um, For me, it's about modeling, and and the foam the foamies are are great. You know, I've got I own plenty of them. Um, yeah, but but uh, they're not they're not what I would call a model. A model to me is something that that I've constructed. You know. And I don't know. It's, I I can't put my finger on it either, but I know what you're talking about. Well, and it depends too, because some of the the foam airplanes you have are actually hand carved foam airplanes that were comb or carved <laughs> out of a block of foam. Yes, um, thanks to my good friend. Yep. Yeah, and that that those look good. I mean, I do like those, and I don't necessarily, even though they guess technically they are they are foamies. I don't really consider those like a foamy. Um, right. right. I'm talking about the EPO or the, what is it, the EPP or EPO, whatever it is, the, the blow mold mm-hmm. or the expanded poly, yeah, whatever that stuff is. Right. Um, that's the, the kind of stuff, stuff that I, yeah, the bumpy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not the extruded stuff. Right. Um, and like I said, it just, it loses its realism to me. And I, I just, I don't know. I like balsa models. So maybe, you know what, intermediate airplane, go find yourself a kit, go build something. Well, of course, that's going to be my recommendation. Build a, build a, you know, build a stick. Go build a, a stick, yeah. Or really, you know, if you're, if you're going to be into it, um, buy yourself a good second airplane, and at the same time as that, buy yourself a kit. Start putting it together while you're flying that other one. Um, oh, then it's kind of the best of both worlds. No, yeah, that's not bad. Bad advice. Yeah, I just thought of it, so there you go. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's kind of what that's kind of what I did. Um, except I it didn't is. finish my first actual uh, model. Uh, it's it's kind of funny because I the first kit I ever bought was a, a Piper Cub. Um, I got the wing probably ninety percent of the way done, and and I'd say a good ten to twenty percent finished on the fuselage. Uh, then I walked into the hobby shop one day, and there was a Piper Cub sitting there ready to fly i mean it was one that another one of the the club members had uh traded off for something bigger and better i guess mm-hmm. uh this one was bigger than the one that i was building and it was ready to go and i was like i want this one instead so i bought that one 
um, <laughs> without planning on buying it, you know, at all. Uh, and actually, I, I think my wife was with me that time, and, and I kind of got a look when I walked in, and the the guy that owned the hobby shop had it. I don't remember what he was doing. He was putting a different uh, landing gear or something on it, and he had it up on the counter. And I walk in, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want it." And he's like, "Seriously?" <laughs> I said, "Well, yeah. You know how much is it?" And he told me, and I went ahead and, and bought it. And uh, my wife's <laughs> like, "Are you are you serious? Are you really doing this?" I was like, "Yeah." You know, you have I one of these at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's not finished. <laughs> so but yeah that's i mean that, that's how a, that's how a lot of these airplane purchases went so i don't think uh, i've ever heard that story huh. yeah that was uh well actually i don't think i was decent friends with you at that time i really hadn't caught back up with you by yeah. then um <laughs> and then that plane i ended up trading it to somebody else uh i don't remember what i traded for um but anyway and then i ended up getting that back from him so i still have that one <laughs> That's funny, funny how, how airplanes change hands. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And a lot of times they end up back and with the, the original back. person. Yeah. I, I'm yep. looking at I'm looking at two of them on my shelf here that that, that that was their story as well. Funny. Two. I can think of one. What's another one? Your uh, your T thirty four mentor. I know how that one made its its full circle back to you through me and then through somebody else. But what was the other one? Yeah. Um my big yak here. Was, has been out of my hands and back into my hands uh, twice now, I think. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah small world, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess so. I just don't like to, <laughs> I just don't like my airplanes to get very far away from me, I guess. So I know you said you, you couldn't remember beyond your second airplane, but do you remember your third one? You know, after I said that, I kind of started thinking, um, and I don't remember if this is my third one or not, but I kind of think it is, uh, but it was that katana that I bought from the hobby shop that ended up being yours mm -hmm. um, that I crashed. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that was my third airplane. I, I can't remember it if was. there was anything else in between. Oh, so you know. Okay. Well, that <laughs> yeah. was a trick question. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you knew, if you, if you would recall it the same way I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, I flew that one a couple times and that was about all. I, and see, like, to be honest, I, I, with that one, I, I think that's kind of when I learned to be more cautious. Um, mm -hmm. I crashed that one and I, I've told the story before. I crashed that one because I yes. thought I could do something on it that I, I couldn't, you know, on the simulator, I was perfectly fine doing it, but in real <laughs> life, not the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so pretty much since then, I think I've, I've kind of calmed down and not been so gung-ho to try something until I'm more comfortable. Um, yeah. And I, I just, that's just how I am. You know, I don't mm -hmm. like, you know, risking stuff I don't have to risk anymore. So I'm, I've always been a little bit like that. Like I actually remember, so speaking of that T-34 mentor that you, uh, that mm -hmm. you have now, mm -hmm. I remember we did some trading and that came to me. I never <laughs> yeah. flew it. I never flew it because you, I remember you saying, you know, this is a little bit more, uh, it's a faster plane. Just it is kind of be careful when you fly it. Yeah, especially um, when you pull the gear up. It's, it, it, uh, for what it is, it's, it's very fast for, for those of anybody that might still be listening. Um, it's an old hang, <laughs> it's an old hangar nine T34 that they haven't made in a long time. Uh, but I wish they still made them because it does fly really, really good. Well, yeah. and that was the other thing, you know, I, when, before I got it off of you, you were talking about, you know, even at that time, that's been what, 
seven years ago now, maybe six or seven, whatever. Oh, yeah, something um, like that. You said that that was an airplane that they don't make anymore, even back then, and you had had it for a while and stuff, so I, I almost felt like I needed to take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. Almost like I had a responsibility for some reason <laughs> to you to take care of it, make sure it, it lasted as long as it could. <laughs> so I, I never flew it. And the guy I sold it to, um, he actually never flew it either. No. Which is sure. only only because I, I mean, I, I stressed so hard to him, just don't do it. You're not ready. <laughs> don't do it. You know, Tom wants his plane back. Don't do it. So luckily we, you know, however it all lined up and worked out, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but you got it back without him flying it. Because his whole thing was, well, I want to fly it once. And I was like, well, if you fly it once, it's nobody's ever going to fly it again. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, I don't mean to be rude, but at that point, that's where he was. You know, yes. he wasn't, yes. and that's, he's not anymore. And no but offense, that, if he's listening, point, he, no. he, he's a much better pilot now, but yeah. then and, uh, Maybe a little offense, it's fun too, but you know, no, no, he was <laughs> not ready for that at that time. And that was one thing that he, he kept asking me, why don't you fly it before you sell it to me? And that's why I kind of explained to him, well, because then I might not have something to sell to you, and then I can't go buy this other one that I want kind of thing, you know? So yeah, right. I, it's, it's, it's one of those things to where just calm down. You know, it's exciting. <laughs> I know it is, but just take a deep yeah. breath. You know, let's not do silly yeah. things that are going to cost us in the long run. I'm pretty so, sure. That's... I'm pretty sure that I'm the last one to have flown that airplane. And I haven't yeah. flown it <laughs> since I got rid of it the first time. So that should tell you. Well, something. you. Now, see, I don't remember. Did you fly it? Because I, I know I was out there with you one time when you flew it, but I don't remember if that was when I owned it or when you owned it. Nope. That's, I owned it. Okay, so that was yeah. that was probably the last time that flew. So that's been yeah. It's, remember, I had a cam- a I, I had a camera ago. on it, right? And we did some. No, some that was before me. Nope, that was before me because I saw oh, that okay. video a long, long time ago. But okay. I wasn't out there for that one. Yeah, I don't remember who you said had the camera, but that was no, I wasn't out there for that. Okay, that was before well, we started hanging out. Yeah, it hasn't been flown in a long time, and the reason is that the covering is is not in the greatest of shape, and I'm actually worried that it's the covering is so brittle that uh, it may come off of the wing in flight. So, the plan is eventually uh, recover it, um, but the the problem is that the um, the canopy is has is also kind of brittle and has turned yellow over time. So. I'm afraid that when the time comes to pull the canopy off that it's going to crack and you can't get them anymore. So I'm going to try to, I think, figure out a way how to maybe um, pull a canopy off of the old one, if that makes sense, or maybe make a plug, you know, from the old canopy. Or Yeah, I, I'd just, I'd pull it off and we can we can make a plug from it and, and do a vacuum form thing. That wouldn't be any problem. Okay. Yeah. I, I just think before I go to recover this thing, I would like to have a, a plan in place to, to sort of restore the canopy because, um, what good is a covering job on an airplane like this if I can't get a canopy on it? You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's true. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not too concerned with making one. We can, uh, fairly easily, I think, get that okay. taken care of. It's a big canopy though. <laughs> I mean, it's very How- long, if you remember. Yeah, but I don't think that's all that difficult. As okay. long as we get a good plug made, we can play around with it. All right. 
Well, so. We've kind of gotten off the topic, so. Yeah, sorry. I haven't talked is to there... you for a while, so this is kind of us catching up, too. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> this damn virus. I know, right? Ugh. That's what I said. It's been, what, a couple months since you've been it's out here, so. a couple months now, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It is weird. It's lonely. It is, <laughs> right? And I miss my stick. Dang it. <laughs> and I see it every day. <laughs> And I think, oh, it's in my way. <laughs> no, it's yeah, actually not. Just, if it was that big just, of a deal, I'd take it over to you. But yeah. Okay. Well, it's safe there. So, or well, I hope it's safe there. I'm assuming no, it's, it's, it's safe there. Yeah. It's over in the corner. Nobody goes back there. As long as it's not in your way. But anyway, yeah, that, nope. uh, I think, I think, I don't think I have anything more to add. Um, yeah. Go out there and find a, a, a good looking airplane that has a semi symmetrical airfoil and no, uh, no safe technology and get after it. Yeah. Four mistakes high, get up there really high. So if anything happens, you can recover and enjoy your next airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Get something that you like. Yeah. Yep. This is when it's time to start getting, you know, go down that path of what you like and, and find what excites you and, and you'll stay in the hobby a lot longer if you have stuff that really just kind of screams at you. Yep. So... All right. Well, then uh, I don't think I have anything else either. So uh, okay. until next time, I'm Ron. And I'm Tom. Goodbye. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the RC Plane Lab podcast. For topic suggestions, to ask questions, or to give any feedback, connect with us at rcplanelab.com or email us direct at either ron at rcplanelab.com or tom at rcplanelab.com. You can also text us or leave us a voicemail at 818-351-9846. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, may your landings be gentle.